0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Mobile.com. Home and home. The heart of the sports world is broken this morning. Kobe Bryant, a five time NBA champ, one of the greatest of all time. An Academy Award winner, a husband, and a devoted father is gone far too soon. It is a Mamba Monday here on Home and Home, a Radio.com Sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. We are remembering Kobe Bryant, the father, the director, the producer, the Killer on the court that he was for the next two hours. I'm Dave Briggs, home. Ross Tucker on the road. He is in South Beach for the beginning of Super Bowl week. Kendrick Perkins joins us. Good friend of Kobe, competitor against Kobe. And we will have some Super Bowl talk before we are done here. Ross Tucker, uh, you have an interesting perspective on Kobe Bryant. Having grown up uh, playing in the same you know Pennsylvania high school basketball, you got to know the legend the um, At least the legend that is, Kobe, far sooner than many of us were even aware. Uh, share that. Yeah, it's interesting, Dave. Uh, two personal tie-ins here.
1: Number one, I was in the airport yesterday, the Philadelphia airport, uh, getting ready to board a flight to come down here to Miami for opening night of the Super Bowl festivities tonight. And Dave, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Yeah. Uh, my sister texted me and said Kobe Bryant died and then I went through uh, I was on Twitter and I started scrolling through and I, you know I there was eight tweets I hadn't gotten to yet or whatever. and the top two it must have just happened uh, were talking about Kobe Bryant and then to sit there waiting for my flight over the next 45 minutes, literally strangers, were saying to other strangers, "Did you hear about Kobe? Did you?" And there were people. A few people that got emotional. I don't know if they're Lakers fans or they're just because they're from Philadelphia or just the news itself. Uh, but it was something I never experienced before in terms of strangers talking to other strangers about something other than why their flight is delayed or what the status is. I mean, it was. It was almost like a game of whisper down the alley throughout the whole airport. Never seen anything like it. Uh, But in particular, to your point and your question, Dave, he was a year ahead of me. What's interesting about Kobe, one thing is he was born in late August of 78, yet was a year ahead of me, class of 96. He was very young, graduated high school at 17, was drafted in the NBA, at 17 I think I first heard the name when I was in 10th grade his high school is less than 50 miles from my high school and when I was in 10th grade he was a junior and he was already you know like the best player in the country so you just kind of heard about him I remember they went far in the state playoffs that year but actually lost to somebody I can't remember who it was but they lost and it should be noted Dave that is Lower Merion High School is probably the wealthiest high school in the state of Pennsylvania. And so they were actually terrible at basketball until he got there. And ever since he was there, they've been a basketball powerhouse now. They've been a top 10 program in the state. They were 4-20 and 20 his freshman year. And then after that, he took them to previously unforeseen heights, including the state championship, his senior year, it's funny, even just texting with my father-in-law, he remembers seeing Kobe Bryant play up in the coal regions, in Pottsville, in the state playoffs his senior year. You know, by his junior and senior year, Dave, everybody kind of knew, okay, there's a guy at Lower Marion that's really different, really special. And it was like if he was playing in the playoffs, near you, it was a tough ticket to get. You know, whether it was Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, the Cole region, or Hershey, or wherever, everybody wanted to go see this guy because the word had gotten out that he was special. What I remember most about him, though, Dave, isn't really that, I mean, he was a great player and whatever, what I remember is junior year of high school, he had this press conference with the suit on and sunglasses on his head. And he said he was going right to the NBA. And that was like, that was like, what? I mean, back then, guys went to college for at least two years. It wasn't even the one and done. They went for at least two years, like Chris Webber or whoever. So for him to go to the NBA, we were all just kind of stunned. You know, I mean, here we are, we're high school kids played in the same tournament that he did, you know, b- high school basketball tournament, and he's going to the NBA. And he should have. It was the right decision. He was good, like, right away and certainly his second year. But it was almost hard for us to even fathom kind of one of us going to the NBA when we were, like, NBA fans, you know?
0: Indeed. And and you have a, a personal connection. And what makes this different, what separates this from just about any moment I can think of um, tragedy surrounding the sports world is that everyone somehow felt some sort of connection. I mean, I only interviewed Kobe a handful of times in locker room scrums, notably in the 2000 NBA, uh, eight to NBA finals. Didn't really know him. I'll admit, I cried several times yesterday as I watched his interviews, as I watched the coverage, as I read about him, I just remembered how much I admired the work ethic. I remembered this morning that for some reason I bought a Kobe Bryant jersey. I don't buy jerseys. I really have no idea why I bought a a, a Kobe Bryant Jersey, other than just remembering watching him and admiring the sheer determination he brought to each and every game, the work ethic. And look, sometimes we, we joke about the like TB 12. Yeah, it's a big TB 12 and Mamba mentality are real things for these two guys. The Mamba mentality is exactly who Kobe Bryant was. I think all of us feel some sort of loss. look, I reflect on being a parent when I, when I, talk about most news stories, whether it's politics or sports. And my son is now 12 years old. So they grew up really in the age of LeBron James. He has been the best player in the world their whole lives. But the first thing that struck me is I coach basketball much like Kobe did. and, And we should mention arguably the most devastating part of the story is his 13 year old daughter, Gigi, who he coached was his best friend. There were nine in all on that helicopter. Uh, that died yesterday in Calabasas, California. But as a parent of a 12-year-old who coaches basketball, I hear Kobe every day when I coach. And I always thought it was odd. When they make a big shot, it's Kobe. It's not LeBron. It's not King James. They They never saw really MJ at all. But it's always been Kobe for this generation of kids, and it always will be. And I asked my son, why is it Kobe? Why is it not LeBron? They just said, look, Dad, when you make a shot, It's Kobe. And that struck me um, in terms of the reach, the influence he's had. Number one, it's the legendary work ethic of Kobe Bryant. This guy outworked everyone. You heard Jay Williams earlier in the program. Jay Williams told a great story yesterday. And I remember this from when I covered him as a Boston sports reporter. A lot of guys would show up at the arena trying to beat Kobe to the arena. He was already there shooting hoops. And he would be there when they were done shooting hoops. Kobe Bryant was gifted beyond just about anything we've ever seen, with the exception of Michael Jordan and maybe LeBron James. But he outworked everybody, and that's why he's the legend that he is today. He was the hardest worker I've ever seen in professional sports. And he talked about that. Who better to hear from than the man himself in a TED Talk talking about where did that come from? Where did that work ethic come from? Here's Kobe in his own words.
2: And what's important to you for, for whatever reason, you know, I, I felt like um, I didn't feel good about myself if I wasn't doing everything I could to be the best version of myself. If I felt like I left anything on the table, um, it would eat away at me. I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror. So the reason why I can retire now and be completely comfortable about it because I know that I've done everything I could to be the best basketball player I could be, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, that's where it comes from for me. You can't
3: leave any stone unturned. But the, the important thing to understand is you can't you can't shortchange yourself. Like you're not you're not cheating anybody but yourself.
0: You can't teach the kind of work ethic that Kobe Bryant had. You just can't get it. He was born with it. I read for hours, I watched interviews for hours, and some of my favorite stories, Ross. One, I don't know how this is real, but Kobe talked about being a six-year-old basketball player. He talked about remembering how to force guys to dribble with their left hand at age six. He talked about being an 11-year-old basketball player, his first game of the season. As an 11-year-old, he scored zero points, and that fueled him. He talked about his first playoff series against Utah in the NBA when he was airballing crucial shots and how that fueled him. His mentality, Ross, his work ethic was historic. It was unmatched.
1: Without question, Dave, and I think that's probably uh, his greatest legacy and the biggest takeaway. Now, it's funny because this is the thing that I admire about kobe the most and let me be very clear here not comparing myself to kobe at all in any way but i often give speeches dave and i remember distinctly in eighth grade my sister was four years older than me and i remember the high school football players saying Ross, I wish I had put more time in, or I wish I had worked a little bit harder. Maybe I could have been all county or gotten a chance to play in college or whatever. And so I say every time I do a talk, I decide in eighth grade, not knowing that this was what Kobe had decided, but that I was gonna be able to move on with football whenever that was, and know that I became the best I could possibly be at my favorite thing in the world to do. I think that that's an incredibly valuable lesson that Kobe talks about for everyone in life. And at the time, Dave, I was 5'6", a chubby 150. My dad's 5'9", 170 pounds. You know, for me, I did not know if that meant I would, you know, just play in high school or maybe college. You know, I never even thought about the NFL. But the point was, I thought it was vitally important to me that I could move on with the rest of my life whenever that was knowing, okay, I maxed it out. And at times my parents thought I needed other interests. At times my friends thought I was a psycho, Uh, but I ended my career in a lot of peace knowing I, I did everything I could and obviously didn't reach near the level that Kobe did but I it's, had it's, never heard him talk that way before. I had never heard that w- the, the audio you just played, but that really resonates with me. Um, I love that he perfected his craft. I love, you said the word earlier, he really was like a stone-faced killer when it came to competition. Um, and I think that that is probably his legacy as much as anything else. I also, and we're kind of going all over the place here, but I've got uh, so much respect for the dad, it seems like he became. You know, I think like a lot of people after the 2003 incident, it's pretty skeptical of him for a while. Uh, You know, I I did not hold him in very high regard for a long time after that. You know, it seemed like uh, other people were able to put that behind them in terms of their adoration for him uh, faster than I was. I'm probably not as forgiving as most people or as forgiving as I should be. Uh, But it really felt like towards the end of his career uh, that he was in a good place. He was in a good place with his family, with his four daughters, uh, with his post-playing life, whether it was the production stuff and the coaching of his daughter. It just, it seemed like even if not everything he did was necessarily admirable, it seemed like he was living a very admirable life and really living his best life now, which is what makes it really even sadder.
0: I can't think of anyone in recent sports history that made the transition so seamless in terms of having that killer instinct, that drive, that fierce competitiveness, you would have thought he would have had a far more difficult time than most making that transition. Cause what was going to possibly fill that void that he needed to win, needed to slay you each and every day. And somehow to your point, he made it not just seamlessly. He seemed to be in a perfect place as a father, as a producer, his media company, writing children's books, children's books that he wanted to become films as an Academy Award winner. It's bizarre that he was able to make that transition. And clearly what fueled him now was being a father, was coaching Gigi in this travel basketball team. And they were, of course, heading to a game at the Mamba facility just a few miles away when that helicopter crashed. And Uh, Kobe Bryant was on Jimmy Kimmel recently talking about his role as a father, talking about the fact that, of course, Kobe, who needed a legacy, right, had four daughters. You you wonder if there's a reason he had four daughters, if God had a plan. But Kobe Bryant talked about that with Jimmy Kimmel, Uh, a nice little reflection here on the relationship they had and the drive Gigi had as well. Do you think your
2: daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does, for sure. She does? I,
1: I, don't, I mean, this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great?
2: Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> the, best, the, best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me, and she'll be standing next to me.
1: And they'll be like, hey, you got to have a boy. You and V got to have a boy, man. You got somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, boy
3: for that. I got this. <laughs> like, that's right. Yes, you do.
0: You got this. Amazing. That's Kobe Bryant on Jimmy Kimmel. And when I think about some of the recent greats, I grew up idolizing John Elway, of course, and he had a bit of a difficulty making that transition. Some failed businesses and and trying to fill that void of being the greatest star, at least in that state, if not one of the greatest stars in the country. And Michael Jordan has never seemed as comfortable as Kobe seemed in his last couple of years. You saw his Hall of Fame speech. He always seems to have that edge that Michael had as a player. Why do you think, Ross? Kobe Bryant with that fierce competitive drive was able to make that seamless transition and be in such a good place.
1: Uh, I think he's a very, very smart guy. Uh, And I think his experience growing up, and by the way, Dave, that was one of the things that was weird about him going pro right from high school is that I believe Kevin Garnett There was some debate whether or not he would have been eligible academically because Kevin Garnett went to the NBA the year before. And also Kevin Garnett going to the NBA was a financial hardship situation as well. Kobe Bryant was different. You know, Kobe Bryant got over 1,000 on his SATs. Kobe Bryant could have gone to any of the top academic schools. Kobe Bryant family had money. You know, so him going to the NBA when he did that, really, I thought, was a, was a trendsetter. No academic issues, no financial issues, just, hey, this is the right way to go. And I think his experience internationally, living in Italy, uh, he's well-read, he's well-cultured, he just seemed to always have a, a really good perspective on things. I, I think he just had a perspective, I'll, I'll tell you why, Dave. I think it's his kids. I think, you know, when he stopped playing, he found other creative outlets, even if they weren't as competitive. And I think he put so much into it that he was actually able to just kind of step away and almost enjoy not being competitive, almost enjoy no longer having to have the grind I think he saw the big picture and was able to have some perspective of, I did it. I did it for 20 years. It's a long time. And now I am going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. I'm gonna enjoy being a dad, enjoy having some creative outlets. And I I commend him for that. I I think Mm -hmm. it's, I look up to him for that. And I'll just say this, Dave, it is sad no matter when someone passes. It's especially sad when they pass tragically. It's especially sad when they pass seemingly well before their time. It's even more sad when they are someone who is an inspiration to so many. Uh, And then what really trumps it for me, and I, and I, I am very comfortable being an emotional person, but I haven't really thought that much about it because I just can't even go there. Is in particular thinking about his two youngest daughters and them, you know, not having their dad anymore. And it's not easy for his wife or his eldest daughter either. But the two youngest in particular, that that hits way, way too close to home for me.
0: A special Scallon pals. Remembered Kobe Bryant, the man, the myth, the legend, the hard worker. Rick Bucher covered Kobe Bryant, was a friend of Kobe Bryant. Kendrick Perkins competed against him, knows him very well. And Steve Cerruti, the host of and Pals, all weighed in on the loss of the
4: legend. Well, my first reaction was, this can't be true. This can't, Kobe, this doesn't happen to a Kobe Bryant. I always, always, in my mind's eye, I imagined him to be like James Brown, you know, he would be one of these old dignitary ambassadors of the game and you would look up to him as an icon forever, uh, knowing how he had evolved from when I saw him coming to the league, playing for the Lakers summer league team at Long Beach State back in the day in the pyramid to seeing him evolve into, you know, a family man. And, and as the day has gone on and I'm reminded about more things about what i knew about kobe and our interactions and the things that we shared has made it harder and harder to to accept it like before it just it wasn't real like when it first came out it's tmz this can't this doesn't happen to kobe and then slowly but surely it became confirmed and then we find out about Gigi, and and then my, my daughter was the first one in my family to first hear it she goes did you hear this or did you see this? And Kobe had invited uh, her to play one on one against Gigi. Uh, we talked a lot about coaching and coaching kids and how to bring kids up the right way in the game. And anytime over the course of his career, as we got to know each other and we talked about family, you know, that, that thing that Perk was talking about, that, that family man, that post player, like I saw that. I saw the rudiments of that when he was still playing. When he he got married and he had kids, and he would just he was he would just gush. And if you if you brought up something going on with your family, like he was he couldn't he loved talking about that. He loved that part of his life. And so, as I think about him going down at 41, going down with his daughter, I, I just it is. It's so hard to wrap my head around, but it just seems so unfair for a guy who we got to see his entire journey and for all that he accomplished as a player. And it was a tremendous amount. There was still like he was he was maybe halfway through everything that he was going to do and everything that he was going to enjoy. And the the comfort level with which I saw him living his post career life. That is so <laughs> – that's as rare as what Kobe Bryant did in the league. He was not only not depressed or struggling with the change, which I expected he would, but he was, he was not, only an, not only embracing it and okay with it, he was thriving in it. He was flourishing in that second life, both as a dad uh, and as a youth basketball coach and as an artist. And so to think that it's ended, it's gone in the blink of an eye, I just, there's never, I wasn't around when Steve Refontaine died, the runner up in Oregon. I was, uh, I remember exactly where I was when Magic Johnson announced that he was HIV positive. And that for everybody at that time thought that was a death sentence, thought that he had just announced his death. Uh, but outside of those two things, I don't know that there's ever been anything that's happened to anybody in the sports world or certainly in my sphere that compares to the abrupt and just disbelievable unbelievable shock of the idea that Kobe Bryant is no longer with us.
0: That's Rick Buecher radio.com NBA insider on a special scal and pals. He covered Kobe and knew him well as a player And of course, as a man, as a husband, as a father, uh, as we continue to reflect on the loss of Kobe Bryant, just going to admit here, I have spent far, maybe too much time crying about this. I didn't know Kobe, but this is somebody who affects all of us, somebody we all believed in, someone we all watched dominate on and off the court. Our friends at WIP uh, Sports Radio in Philadelphia asked, how will you remember Kobe? And overwhelmingly, the number one answer is, as an intense competitor, 66% of the respondents in his hometown say they remember Kobe as an intense competitor. I would share that exact recollection.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
0: Let's check in with our good friend Arash Markazi, L.A. Times sports columnist, covered Kobe Bryant for many years. Arash, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. Once again, it's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. How will you remember when you close your eyes? How will you picture Kobe Bryant
5: as a champion? Um, as 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 someone who really loved being a father. You know, the last time I talked with him was prior to the season. And I asked him if he would be at the first game of the season when I I knew he wasn't going to go, but he said I'm going to be at a game, but not a third game. My my my, my daughter has a game, so I'm going to be there. Um, you know, and and I just go back to that conversation now, and I touched on it in my column today. It was just that you know I, I said you well, know why don't you go to some more games, and and he said if I were to go to a game, that's one night that I can't be with my kids, and so you know that was my first thought when I. Um, Heard about what happened, I said Gianna was always with them, you know, not knowing where they were going, but Gianna, towards the end of his career and in retirement, was always by his side. And so that is um, this heartbreaking story, regardless. But when you factor in that she was with him with seven other people, it's just um, so heartbreaking. I cannot believe it still.
1: So Arash, I know you've been an LA guy for a long time, maybe forever, and so I wanted to get your perspective, just in terms of LA. I mean, I got to think LA athletes ever. He's on the Mount Rushmore and might be
5: might be number one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's in that conversation with, you know, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul Jabbar and some of the great, uh, you know, coaches and commentators we've had, whether it's Golly or uh, Chick Hearn. But um, there's there's no doubt about it. He's in the the conversation to be number one, and certainly if there's a Mount Rushmore, he would be on there. Uh, And certainly, guys, when you talk about if you're younger than, say, 35 or 30, he's your number one. You know, I mean, he's in the conversation with the Showtime Lakers for me but if if you're if you don't remember the Showtime Lakers, I mean he is by far number one. I mean he is the uh, the fans. I mean there there are so many Kobe Bryant fans. I mean there were there were people you know because we talk about a player who played 20 years with one team. They've they've never known the Lakers without him.
0: Arash Markazi with us, LA Times sports columnist covered Kobe Bryant and your last article Arash was about that relationship between between Kobe and his uh, 13-year-old daughter. Sorry, man. Um uh, I'm reading your piece and it's breaking me up. Uh if you could just tell us a little bit about that special relationship he had with 13-year-old Gigi as a
5: coach and as a dad. Yeah, I mean Gigi was his best friend, you know, and I think that's what makes this story so tragic uh, regardless is just like the relationship that, 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 that they had. I mean, he loved talking with her about the game. I mean, whenever they were, they were courtside, I mean, he would be asking her, I mean, he would be asking her and she would be asking him about different moments in the game and and adjustments and tendencies. And he loved that, Um, you know, and, and as you guys know, he had four daughters and every now and again, when a fan would ask, you know, like, look, are you going to have a son? Like, he pointed to Gigi, because um, I was with him in Las Vegas prior to the w- w, uh, um, NBA game, and he said, she's something else. You know, just, just the way that, that she plays, and, um, you know, he had no doubt that, that his name was in good hands with her. Arash, why do you think
1: he was so beloved by everybody in L.A. and Lakers fans? Because it feels like it was more than just because he was a really good player. It feels like it went beyond that.
5: Well, you know, you guys touched on it. I mean, he was an intense competitor, but there was just something about him in terms of the way he carried himself and the way he played. Um, you, you just loved watching him play. And, and, and uh, you know, so there, there were kind of two phases of, of Kobe. There, were, there was the phase where he had Shaq and he was – you know, definitely one of the top players, but then there was that moment where he had the team and just put together the, the like MB, the um, MVP season and just the success that he had. Um, you know, championship for the only currency that matter in Los Angeles, and Kobe won five, and so not only was he an intense competitor, but he was a champion and and if you're a champion in Los Angeles, that means a lot.
0: Arash Markazi with us, LA Times sports columnist. Uh, Arash, the the guys that I covered as a reporter, the, the guys that stuck with me, the best athletes I ever covered were also the hardest working. I think about Teddy Bruschi and Tom Brady. I think about Manny Ramirez and guys that showed up hours before everyone else and left hours later than everyone else. Dustin Pedroia, some of the names that come to mind. Could you share a story about Kobe Bryant's work ethic?
5: Yeah, you know, my favorite Kobe story, and it's funny you should bring that up because I was just telling someone about this, is uh, back in 2009, we're in Orlando, and, uh, you know, going into Game 5, you know, people were talking about how tired Kobe looked and if he's playing too much, and we go back to the hotel room, and he's having a corona at the bar, and it's like, it's it's late, and so we're um, hanging out there, and he goes back to his room, and we... Stay there until it closes at two, and I walk back to my room at two thirty. And at two thirty, Kobe's walking to the gym. I'm like, "Did you sleep?" He's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Okay, so where are you going?" He's like, "I'm going to go to the gym." Like, he his his work ethic was not; it was something that i had never seen before. And for him, it was normal, um, so he didn't sleep that much. I don't know how like often he did sleep. Um, but again, they, so they clinched that night, they clinched the championship in Game 5, uh, and then that night, and I posted a picture of this on my Twitter, um, he refused to take the jersey off, the same champagne-soaked uniform that he had in the locker room he wore back to the hotel, he slept in it that night. I mean, that, that, that night just meant so much to him. Arash, can you talk to me,
1: uh, because Dave asked a question earlier I didn't have the answer to, I thought was interesting, is that how a guy with that work ethic and with that drive seemed so at peace in retirement. How did that happen?
5: You know what, I think it was because of his kids. I think he he had so much fulfillment being with Gianna and Natalia in BB and Vanessa and just his family, his family gave him that comfort and his family gave him that peace. And listen, I think anytime you're a competitor, a part of you, you know, you can't replace that. But I think in retirement, being that coach uh, and spending time with his kids, and again, he wanted them to be the best. So, you know, that's where he fulfilled that. You know, he he was a a tough coach and, and, you know, he wanted the best – for his kids and his team and her teammates. And so um, you're right. I think there's a lot of players in retirement who struggle with that, but with him, with his family and his kids, I think he was content.
0: I think that is honestly, as much as I loved Kobe Bryant, the player, I think I'm far, I think the thing I remember about him most is, is how he made that transition, how comfortable he was, how devoted a father we, uh, he was. That's the thing that makes me most envious of Kobe Bryant. Talking to Arash Markazi, L.A. Times sports columnist, covered Kobe for many years and knew him as he made that transition off the court. Of course, Arash, there is that one complicated chapter of his life, 2003, the allegations from Colorado. A lot of athletes never would have survived that. How much a part of that is complicated, and how did he bounce back from those allegations better than I can remember any athlete ever coming back?
5: Yeah, I mean, I covered him that season. You know, they they uh, signed Gary Payton, Colin Malone prior to that season, and he's going back and forth from Los Angeles and Colorado to play those games. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think it would have been easy for a lot of guys. To sort of uh, you know not play that season or 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 not do what he did, and so he is a complicated figure, um, and that is a part of his um, history. And so, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that he did get through it, and. but it is part of his life, right? And so it makes it complicated in, in terms of when you talk about him. And no one's perfect, obviously. And so, uh, but I just go back to that two thousand three, uh, two thousand four season where he's going back and forth, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I mean, how, you know, in the morning he's in a courtroom, and then at night he's on the court. I mean, that season was just surreal for a lot of reasons, but for that one in particular, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I'm curious, Arash, was there ever a time? when the L.A. faithful didn't love him, whether it was after the 2003 incident or when it was Shaq versus Kobe, or did they always just continue to support him and love him and be on Team Kobe throughout?
5: You know, the only time that they turned on him was prior to the 2007, 2008 season where he wanted a trade, and he was very public about wanting a trade, and I think he wanted a trade because he didn't think that the Lakers were committed to putting together a championship team, and so he was actually booed. I mean, people forget that. I mean, he was booed prior to the first game of the season because he wanted to get traded, but that is the uh, season they traded for Pau Gasol, and that changed the entire complexion of the season and really of at, at, at the end of his career because of that trade for, for Powell. They go on three straight finals. They win two, and and so he won without Shaq. He was a champion, and and so – but, yeah, for a brief moment there, he wanted to get traded, and he was very public about that.
0: Talking to Arash Markazi, L.A. Times sports columnist, remembering Kobe Bryant, the player, the father, uh, the Academy Award winner. How – proud was he of that academy award he talked about in several interviews i listened to his real passion maybe every bit as much as basketball was that passion for storytelling was that always a part of him and just how was he attacking his post-basketball career
5: yeah i mean he was very proud of that i mean that uh, academy award was uh proudly displayed uh where his um, office was. And so, yeah, extremely proud of that. And, you know, when you look at what he was doing in terms of storytelling, you know, one of his priorities was children's books and cartoons and things of that nature. I mean, he was always very big on uh, speaking to kids and speaking to children. And so uh, he was very proud of that Academy Award, and it really kind of showed that even in retirement from hoops, that he could kind of continue to be, a champion. So when you talk about someone who's won a um, NBA championship and the MVPs and all the stuff that he's done in his career and then to kind of transition and be an Academy Award winner, that was incredible.
1: Arash, um, can you tell me a little bit more about his family, uh, the other daughters and, and Vanessa and kind of what they're up to? Uh, you know, we're hearing a lot about Kobe and a lot about Gigi. Understandably so. I guess I'm curious to know more about the others.
5: Well, you know, Natalia was his first daughter. She is a volleyball player, and he's been at different games with her. He's very very proud of her. Uh, you know, Vanessa, I go back to um, you know when they first met, and she was in um, high school, and he was at the beginning of his career, and and just uh, you know how much they loved each other and so uh but he was he was so happy to be a father and uh, a um, husband and so you know i know there was a lot of talk about you know is he going to have a son and i'm listen i'm sure a part of him wanted to have one son but he loved his daughter so very much
0: indeed he did and, and final question arash Uh, There were thousands at Staples yesterday. A makeshift memorial had been set up. People just going out that wanted to pay tribute to Kobe. Any sense of how the Lakers will pay tribute to Kobe Bryant? I know they play the Clippers uh, on Wednesday night.
5: Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I can't imagine what the scene is going to be like at Staples Center. I know a lot of fans wanted to go to Staples Center Sunday, but the Grammy Awards were there, so the area was kind of... uh, not available to them, so they went across the street. But uh, the scene at Center that game, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. uh, You know, I'm sure both teams will do something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, the fact that both teams are are playing, uh, you know, after the Grammy road trip, they've both been on the road for a while now, that is going to be quite the scene for sure.
2: Uh, You know, I don't know. You know, uh, I just don't have a lot to say. uh, The news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he he just, he he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, You know, he was such a great opponent, you know. Um, It's what you want in sports. yeah, that that DNA that um, that very few athletes can ever have. You know, the the Tiger Woods and the, the Michael Jordans. You know, um, it's funny. I uh, I've, I was getting to know him more since he retired. You know. Um, yeah, this is this is a tough one. I don't. Uh, I mean, we have to go play. Uh, uh, I mean, the news is just so devastating for for Vanessa and and his and his family. And um, there's just so many people he touched, you know. Um, and you know, it's, it's looking at my young players and and seeing how emotional uh, they are. Um, they didn't even know him, you know. And uh, it just tells you how far his reach was. So, um, I mean, this is just shocking news for all of us. and Sorry, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I just can't. I uh, have to go talk to a team uh, before a game and tell them to play again. <laughs>
0: That's uh, LA Clippers coach Doc Rivers, very emotional at the loss of his friend. And the NBA legend uh, Kobe Bryant. There were 24 second shot clock violations by all teams that played in the afternoon after learning of the news. There were eight second backcourt violations. Interesting, the Kobe math that is forever a part of the NBA game 24 and eight, as I mentioned, both in the rafters at the Staples Center. In both uniforms, he scored more than 16,000 points. He was great with Shaq, winning three NBA titles. He was great after Shaq, transforming his role as the guy that had to carry a team. It seemed, Ross, every time he had to make a transition, whether it's on or off the court, he made it seamlessly.
1: Yeah, and I, I saw a video, Dave, from Rex Chapman, who's a great follow on Twitter, Uh, in which Kobe Bryant, after he tore his Achilles tendon, he, I think, was pretty sure that's what he had done, but just in case, he shot both foul shots, because evidently in the NBA, maybe this is the way it's like in high school or college, I don't know, but if you can't shoot the foul shots because of an injury, you can't come back into the game. So the video that I've been watching is Kobe, standing there, swishing two foul shots, walking into the locker room with a torn Achilles, but he wanted to shoot the foul shots so he could maybe come back into the game. I mean, that is crazy. I mean, that that is as impressive to me as anything he's done. That mental toughness, mental fortitude, the guy had a torn Achilles, and just in case it was the 1.1% chance that it really wasn't, he was going to shoot the foul shot so he could come back into the game. I mean, that's crazy.
0: That's ridiculous. That is just mind-boggling. And then consider Kobe Bryant's final game. He scored 60 points in his final game. You will never see a greater final game for any player, especially having come back from the injuries that he had Kobe Bryant was an absolute warrior. He was asked in 2015 how he wanted to be remembered. And he said, I've always said that I wanted to be remembered as a player that didn't waste a moment, didn't waste a day. Clearly, that's the same way he was as a father in these last couple of years, never wasted a moment, said he didn't go to a lot of NBA games because that would have been time he spent away from his kids. The only thing that brought him back two NBA games was Gigi who wanted to see some of her favorite players, most namely Trey young, Trey young, the great young player for the Atlanta Hawks. That was one of the guys she idolized. And that's that video that you see Kobe and Gigi watching Trey young. Some of the pictures we've seen from that. We heard from doc rivers, but another head coach of course spoke. It's arguably the greatest coach in NBA history. Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs, not a man to shed a lot of tears like Doc Rivers, but some heartfelt remembrances of the guy that he saw as a fierce competitor for many, many years on the other side. Here is Pop.
2: Good game, tough loss, who cares? Uh, most importantly, uh, appreciate you all letting the locker room be tonight. Uh, everybody's pretty emotional about the tragedy uh, with Kobe and uh, all of us know what a great player he was, but he went beyond great playing. He was a competitor uh, that is, goes unmatched, and it's what made him, uh, as a player, so attractive to everybody, that focus, uh, that competitiveness, that will to win. Uh, and even more importantly than that, uh, we all feel a, a deep sense of loss for what he meant to all of us. In so many ways, and so many millions of people loved him for so many different reasons.
0: Greg Popovich, San Antonio Spurs head coach, after a loss, not concerned by that loss, called him there the greatest competitor he's seen. He's coached a few David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, Kawhi Leonard, and still says Kobe Bryant was the most competitive of all them. I talk about Kobe in his own words, because look, we get to hear from a lot of people on Kobe, but to me, it's Kobe's own words that are the best to hear from now, and uh, he was asked, he asked himself, uh, what separated you from other NBA players, and Kobe answered this, curiosity. He said curiosity is what separated him from other players, because Kobe said most players that play the game will just play it. Certain things happen, they'll get beat by a guy, and it doesn't matter to them, but Kobe said... It wasn't good enough to just watch them make a move. I wanted to watch the tape, slow it down, rewind it, figure out why it worked. What was the timing? What was the angle? What was the defender, could he have done to do, better stop that move? The curiosity, Kobe Bryant says, that was what to him, separated him from any other player. That's incredible. Curiosity in the eyes of Kobe Bryant. Let's talk to a good friend of Kobe, a competitor against him, won an NBA title against those Lakers. Kendrick Perkins, a good friend of ours, NBA champ, uh, part of and Pals as well here on the Radio.com app. Perk, always great to have you, my friend. I know this has been a very tough loss for you. I was struck by what you tweeted, and it's that your new motto is, what would Kobe do? Why?
3: Because, man, if you, if you just... If you just know, if you knew Kobe personally, you watched him. He is the true definition of mental toughness. Uh, I, I haven't seen a guy, an athlete, sh- should I say, that was more mentally tough than Kobe Bryant. And you know, yesterday was very hard for me. It was very hard for the basketball world. My prayers out to Kobe, his family, to all the ones who, to all the ones who lost loved ones in that tragic accident. But you know, Kobe was the king of getting through adversity. Uh, when things got tough, he didn't fold. He found a way to get through it. I mean, you know, it's just a, a interesting story as for as his mental toughness that comes to mind. You know, uh, you know, man, Kobe was. I don't know any basketball player that could have did what Kobe did throughout his career, especially through the trying time when he was dealing with, you know. Uh, that 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 his legal case for us with the uh, with the rape case and you know uh, thank God that it wasn't true but at that time just think about it his life was on the line uh, Kobe Bryant he didn't know if he was gonna be if he was gonna lose it all or not but this guy was showing up to court going to court through a trying time for months at a time and then taking a private jet and getting back to L.A. or wherever the team was to make it to the game and, and giving people 40 pieces. Do you know how mentally tough you have to be to do those to do that type of thing in that type of situation? Um, and yesterday I was trying to find peace. I couldn't find peace. Uh, although me and Kobe and I had battles on the court when I was with the Celtics, when I was with Oklahoma City. But after I left Oklahoma City and went to New Orleans, all of a sudden, Kobe and our relationship start getting closer. Um, we exchanged phone numbers. We started keeping in contact. I started listening. To, I started calling him for information, you know, about life after basketball, businessmen, and stuff like that. And recently, you know, I have an eight-year-old son that's pretty good in basketball, and Kobe and I had talked about, you know, him actually joining the Mamba facility, going to the Mamba camp in the summertime, and. You know, we had just had it, – it, it's just it's just unreal, man. And, and that's going to be my motto from here on out, you know, especially when things get tough for me personally and a little adversity hit. I'm going to ask myself, hey, man, what would Kobe do? And I think that could help a lot of people just develop that mental toughness. And, you know, people talk about his basketball legacy, but I was more impressed with Kobe Bryant as the man and as the father that he had become you know, when after playing basketball, Perk, what do the
1: guys in the in the in the league think of him? I, I mean, I I could see him getting under people's skin. He's so competitive. I I don't know. For some reason, I pictured guys not liking him and wanting to wanting to take it to him, wanting to body him up, wanting to shove it in his face. But you tell me
3: if I'm wrong. No, you. You're not wrong, to be honest with you, man. He was a he was a guy that, as an opponent, you hated Kobe, and that's what it was supposed to be. Because, you know, I know a lot of guys hated me as an opponent. You 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 know, it's once you get between those lines, (laughs) once you get between those lines, hey man, this it's all business, you know. And Kobe was the true definition of that, man. I can give you one story. When I remember we was in the playoffs playing against Oklahoma City and it was running late in the shot clock, and I switched out on him, and I clapped my hands together on defensively, and I said, let me see it. And he hit me with a crossover behind the back step back, and I kind of stumbled, and he hit the three-point shot, and we ran down the court, and he looked at me, and he said, hey, Perk, don't make me tell that other ACL, and I couldn't do nothing but laugh, man, because <laughs> you know that was something that I would tell somebody. But you hated Kobe? As an opponent, you hated him. You like, oh man, I just don't wanna. But the thing is, you had to respect him. That's the thing. Like, you hated him, but you had to respect him. I remember going through through those Boston days when, you know, we met up in the finals and we had came to the conclusion in the locker room, we was like, you know what? We're gonna guard Kobe, but we can't stop him. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make sure we shut out everybody else. And we're just going to let Kobe get his because the only person that was stopping Kobe was Kobe. But, uh, yeah, between the lines as an opponent, you did not like Kobe. You hated him, but you respected him. You respected him. But outside of basketball, hey, man, great, great guy. When I tell you a real one and down to earth as could be, he was all of that.
0: Yeah, you got to love a guy that can just slay you and then smile and light up the room immediately afterwards. Talking to Kendrick Perkins, who won an NBA title, played against Kobe many, many years and knew him well off the court. If you could share a story about that legendary work ethic he had uh the hardest working nba player i ever saw was ray allen who you played with i remember showing up three hours before a game and ray would be shooting shot after shot after shot after shot how would you describe that work ethic of kobe bryant
3: well kobe bryant to me set the ball he set the standard for 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 guys like myself you know uh Ray was a lot older than Ray was is a little older than me as so as Kobe. They're both like six years older than me, six or seven years older than I, than I am, but growing up, we idolized Kobe. I think Kobe, well I know Kobe was the guy who set the bar for five in the morning workouts, and you know what that what that tells young kids today that what that tell tell grown men today just think about it. He set that standard, and all of a sudden you have LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Garnett, all these guys who started doing 5 a.m. workouts, but what it teach you is it teach you discipline. So not only did Kobe, to me, have the hardest work habits, work ethic, he taught you how to be disciplined because, for the simple fact, in order to go to wake up at 5 in the morning and get work in before you have to be to practice or before you go and go work out with the team, that means you had to go to bed the night of. Uh that means it wasn't no partying. It wasn't no fun activities going on that you had to be disciplined because you had to be up at five in the morning. And I think, you know, he just set the ball and and he set it real high, and guys following in his footsteps. Everybody used to want to work out with Kobe. Just think about this, right? Um, Giannis, uh, you know, all the young players that's coming up today, uh, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, all these guys in the offseason went to go train with Kobe. Like, that speaks volume in itself. Like, And just think, the Mamba facility, how many pros he had in there, from Jordan Clarkson to all the young upcoming guys that's in today's league was at the Mamba facility because they wanted to get better, and they knew – that hey, if I go and work out and learn from Kobe Bryant, my game is going to elevate. And if you look at all those guys from Giannis, from being the MVP, um, you could tell hey, you go work out with Kobe. He said the ball, you're gonna be great. Kirk,
1: I want to ask you about him leaving school early to go right to the NBA. I, I was a junior in high school. He was a year ahead of me, and I remember thinking it was crazy. I was like, wait, what? He's going to the NBA? And I know Garnett did it the year before, uh, but it just felt like Kobe was more noteworthy. He was 17 when he did. He wore the sunglasses. Is that When did you first start thinking about going right to the NBA and do you remember when Kobe did that? And I'm sure there were guys in between, certainly. But do you remember when Kobe
3: did that? Did that have any impact on your decision to go right to the NBA? Oh, absolutely. But you have to be ready for it. And you could tell, like, you brought up the sunglasses. You have to be, he was ready for this moment. Like, some guys, are, uh, or you could tell from in high school that they're ready for superstar status. And Kobe was one of those guys. And I'm going to tell you something. I was a guy that went out of high school. I was a big man. Um, to be a guard, to be a guard and to come out of high school, it takes it to a whole nother level. You know, um, Jermaine O'Neal, uh, Kevin 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 Garnett, uh, myself, it's, I mean, it's a lot of guys that were bigs that came out. But when you look at Rashard Lewis, you know, 6'10 type guys, but when you look at guys like uh Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tracy McGrady, Steven Jackson, those guys that went out of high school, uh, Sebastian Telf, they were guards, you have to be you have to be on a whole nother level skill set wise to do that because that's hard, because it's not like you have the height and it's not like you just had a size. So you have to really, really give those guys a lot of credit for their work ethic, ethic. and you could tell from when, even when Kobe was in high school at Lord Mary he was just a killer, man. He had it in him. Like, he was a winner. You could tell, and you was looking at this guy like, no way he could be 17. not Not carrying himself the way he did on and off the court. Like, we used to idolize Kobe Bryant. I remember in middle school, he was like that dude, man. Even when he From the time you remember him and Brandy, the R&B singer, going to prom, like Kobe was that dude on and off the court. Like, you wanted to be like uh, the Mamba, man. Just his whole swag, his whole, you know, everything about him, man, on and off the court, man. I'm telling you, everybody wanted to be like Jelly Bean.
0: I'll tell you what, uh, talking to Kendrick Perkins former NBA champ competitor against Kobe and knew him well off the court as well. Uh, I know you're close with your son who plays some hoops. We've seen uh, you've shown some great video, but my son is 12 and they really grew up in the LeBron era. And I was telling Ross earlier that these, this entire generation, I coach basketball as well. When they make a big shot every time perk, it is Kobe. They never say King James and they don't, try to emulate LeBron I don't know why per se because they barely saw Kobe Bryant play but it is Kobe to them that is the money shot when they hold the hand up in the air it's Kobe it's amazing to me the influence he's had even on that next generation uh the, the Lakers will play against the Clippers. Uh, on Wednesday at Staples. The Mavericks, by the way, have retired number 24. Mark Cuban said no Maverick will wear number 24 again. How should the NBA honor Kobe Bryant this season?
3: Well, in my opinion, I think a lot of teams should should follow in the in the footsteps of Mark Cuban. I think that was, that, I, I got to give him, I got to applaud Mark Cuban for that, man, because I think a lot of teams should consider doing that. That's, that's the effect that Kobe had on every organization, on everyone in the NBA as a competitor. This guy don't, didn't even play for certain teams, but he had that effect on guys, just on organizations, just because of his competitiveness. And you just look like, look at Kobe Bryant farewell tour. It was like, it was the best thing in sports history. Like, I mean, like, literally, like, He went from being the most hated guy to being like, when he walked in the arena, he was getting cheered and selling out. Like, that tour was unbelievable. And I've been seeing a lot of players, you know, tweet out that, hey, it's time to change the logo, the NBA logo, and we need to change it to Kobe Bryant. And guess what? I'm right there with him. I think we need to change it. I think, in my opinion, it, this this All-Star weekend that's coming up need to be named Kobe Bryant's All-Star Weekend. Like we have to make sure this, this uh Kobe legacy lives on and we gotta cause I I like he was gone too soon. And the most the most disappointing thing that 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 hurts the thing that hurts me the most is that Kobe had so much more that he was going to accomplish in life that I'm mad that I'm not even getting a chance to see that because you just never know with Kobe. He stayed quiet. He stay silent. Then all of a sudden, he was mamba for a reason. He just strike, And Kobe, all of a sudden, he striked. Oh, man, I didn't know Kobe was part on of body armor, and then all of a sudden, he striked with something else, man. And I just, I was just, it was just, you know, it was, it was curious. Like, you was curious to know what else he was going to do off the court as a retired uh, husband and father, man. And it was just, it's just sad. It's a sad day. It was a sad day. It's a sad moment right now.
0: It is indeed. You get the feeling Kobe Bryant could have accomplished. Anything he set his mind to with that Mamba mentality, with his intelligence, spoke multiple languages, could have accomplished anything he set his mind to, probably could have won a Nobel Peace Prize. Who the hell knows? Could have done anything in politics, anything on or off the court, he will be missed. Kendrick Perkins, we really appreciate your reflections today. Perk, always great to have you on the show, my friend.
3: I really appreciate it, man. And, you know, I was just up last night, to like three o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep and I was just thinking. I was like, man, nah this couldn't have happened to Kobe because, you know, the way I feel about Kobe, I'm like, nah, Kobe would have found a way to get out of that helicopter with with Gigi. Kobe would have climbed on top. Like it was just it's just still not real to me. But I appreciate y'all having me, fellas, man. And y'all have a good day today, all right.
0: You're the man, Perk. We uh we Thanks, are sorry Perk. for your loss, my friend. But thank you.
3: All right, thank you.
0: Ross, that was some uh, really pointed words, some emotional stuff from Perk. And, you know, I, I, we're going to turn to the Super Bowl here in a couple of minutes and talk with the folks from Vivid Seats about arguably the hottest ticket in all of sports. And, and that's just a reflection of where we are right now, Ross. This is the biggest sporting event on the planet all year long, and it is an afterthought on this Mamba Monday. Interesting how, in fact, the league may or may not honor Kobe Bryant, and Perk had some, some cool thoughts on that. Yeah, and,
1: you know, it's interesting, Dave, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask our guy, our guest from Vivid Seats, about Kobe's last game. Because if I remember, the, uh, the ticket prices got real high for Kobe's last game and really his entire last season, to Perk's point yeah. Yeah. about, you know, the farewell tour. You know, nobody ever wants to be this guy, Dave, uh, but I, I do want to ask something. Are we going a little bit too far Uh, with, you know, changing the logo to Kobe, uh, everybody retiring that jersey number across the league? Like, are we going too far with that stuff? Like, they haven't done that for Michael Jordan or other people. I realized Kobe Bryant passed away tragically, but does that necessitate him having that jersey number retired league-wide or them changing the logo to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying no. it doesn't. I'm just asking. I think it's a fair question to ask. Are we, are, are we a little bit too caught up in the moment right now? Yes. There's a reason why for the Hall of Fame, they wait five years in the Pro Football Hall of Fame before they vote on someone because they want to give it some time. I feel like it's yeah. a little new a little raw now and i think maybe we should just pump the brakes a little bit and by the way i don't care if you want to make him the logo go for it you want to retire i mean it doesn't make a difference in my life i i just think it's fair to at least discuss that
0: oh i look i totally appreciate uh what kendrick perkins is saying he is someone close to him played against him knows him well that is absolutely though just kind of an overreaction in the moment no question about it um If a team wants to retire the number 24, I love what Mark Cuban did. Should it be required uh, to be retired league-wide? I don't think so. And let's just be frank, to your point about stepping away from it for a couple of days, couple of years, is he top four in NBA history? Probably not. Is he top five or six? Probably. It'd be disrespectful to Michael Jordan and to LeBron James to change the logo to Kobe Bryant in my estimation, Michael Jordan, still to me, the greatest player I will have ever seen play the game. So I think you bring up a very good point. That is a little bit of an overreaction and in the instant aftermath of losing a legend. But you're going to see a handful of teams retire that jersey number. And that's probably uh, a good move. League wide, probably a step too far. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast.
1: Remember. You can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home.